Wow, time machine. Can you believe we've made it to the season finale? Yo, that's crazy. We should do something to celebrate. Ooh, yes. Let's throw a party. Perfect. Why don't you just give me your credit card number and I'll go buy some party supplies. My credit card number? Sure. Let me go grab my wallet. Yeah. And maybe also your social security number in case I ask. Oh, Do they usually ask for that? Also, I'm going to need you to cash out these Amazon gift cards for me. Oh, and I happen to be friends with this Nigerian prince. And, okay, crazy story. He just lost access to his vast wealth. Wait a second. This doesn't seem right. Activate anti-scam software. No. Wait. Oh, man. What did you do that for? See, I knew you weren't the real time machine. She's never that nice to me. Ah, These scams are getting out of control. Let's just start the show. From ZSP Media, this is Past Perfect, a trivia tournament that travels through time. I'm your host, Simone Polanin. Do you love robbery and fraud? Well, good news, because today's episode, our season finale, is all about scams and the con artists that almost got away with their dastardly plans. It's scamming season, baby. So watch your back. We'll meet our guests after the break. I am joined by two very special guests today. They are experts in the art of deception. They know a con when they see one because they are the hosts of MTV's series Catfish, Neve Shulman and Cammie Crawford. Welcome. Hey. Hello. <laughs> you know, I personally have been following the catfish journey since the movie uh, came out in 2010. I remember going to the theaters and just being blown away. Uh, and after the movie came out, Neve, you started hosting the TV show Catfish on MTV. And today you're still helping people who suspect that they've been catfished. Yeah. Uh, Cammie has joined you now as your co-host. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, you know, I figure you guys are pretty good at sniffing out a scam, but <laughs> yeah. we're all a little susceptible to a trick now and then. So I'm dying to know, have you two ever been the victim of a scam yourselves? My first experience getting sort of taken or scammed was, I think I was maybe 14 and a couple guys on the street near where I, I lived, were trying to sell a, oh, at the time was like a brand new MacBook, which was, was absolutely something that I wanted and thought I was gonna get a great deal. It looked brand new, the box was shrink wrapped. I was like, couldn't believe I was getting this deal. And I knew it was probably like stolen or something, but I, you know, I didn't care. <laughs> Um, anyway, I bought it, and when I opened it, it was just full of, like, rocks. It was just, like, there was nothing inside. Damn, yeah. that's heartbreaking. I have also experienced some things. Most recently, though, um, I got scammed on Venmo. It was, like, the weirdest thing. Oh. I was in Vegas. I had had a bunch of froze with my friends by the pool. And I get a call <laughs> from Venmo... Saying that uh, basically my account has been compromised. I need to click this button or whatever if I meant to send some type of transaction. And then they were like, we're going to text you right now with your code, whatever, enter it. 
And I put in the code and sure enough, five seconds later, my name is changed to like Stuart something. And my my picture is still the same, but now over like almost $2,000 has been transferred to this person's account. Oh, no. It was the craziest, weirdest thing, especially to experience while halfway drunk. Um, but I was able to get my money back. Dang. It's crazy. Yeah. Thank you for that money, by the way. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I recently fell for it. Truly one of the dumbest uh, ones. So all the all the cool young girls in my life love to wear Aritzia. So I was mm. like, you know what? I'm going to get with the girls. I see Aritzia flash warehouse sale. Uh, you know, all this stuff Ooh. is two dollars. And I should have known, like, but I was so, like, entranced and by the allure of, like, <laughs> you can be 20 again if you wear this tank top. Yeah. Um. So, uh, thankfully, it was only, like, $70 that went their way, but um, it was really more of an emotional hit for me. It really is a hit yeah. to the ego. It's sad. But, yeah, enough about us. Hey, let's play a game. Yes, okay. It's time to get into some trivia. Cammy Neve, are you ready to go head to head? Always. Always. All right. We are calling <laughs> this first round of questions real or scam. That's basically our version of true or false. I'm going to describe a scam related historical event to you, and you have to tell me if it is true, real, or false, scam. Cammy, you are kicking us off this round. Here okay. is your question. In 2008, a German man claiming to be part of the extended Rockefeller family was arrested for kidnapping the child he shared with his ex-wife. Clark Rockefeller lived for decades under a slew of false identities, making his way into New England's most exclusive communities and clubs in the process. Now, is this real or scam? When Clark arrived in the U.S., he based his English on Montgomery Burns's from The Simpsons. Excellent! Uh, that sounds like some crazy rich people shit. Um, I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna go with scam. That is correct. This was scam. So it wasn't Montgomery Burns who helped the fake Rockefeller with his English. It was a different TV character, Thurston Howell III from Gilligan's Island, a.k.a. The Millionaire. Heaven's a Yale man! Clark Rockefeller was actually born in Germany as, uh, and excuse me as I wrestle with this German pronunciation, as Christopher (laughs) Gerhardsreiter. Uh-huh. Have you heard of this uh, fella before? Oh, yes, the Gerhardsreiters. Yeah, you know that. You know him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The good old Gerhardsreiter. Yeah. Yeah. So um, his story is he came to the U.S. in 1978 posing as a German exchange student. And after a series of fake identities, he eventually landed on Clark Rockefeller. He then married a successful executive who bankrolled his swanky lifestyle. But after they divorced, he attempted to kidnap their daughter on a supervised visit. And from there, authorities uncovered his true identity. And so where's the girl? Hopefully she's good. Yeah, she made it back home. You know, she's a young adult now. She seems fine. Well, it sounds like her mom. Yeah, her mom was a boss, so. Yeah. Yeah. She's got a yeah. closet full of Aritzia tank tops now. She's, she's happy. Yeah, happy she girl. Is, she's living the she's life. She's what you might call an Aritzia crap. <laughs> 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 
yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, all right, Neve, I have got one for you. Let's go. Florida businessman Lou Pearlman was the creator of huge culture-defining boy bands like NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys. But he was also running one of the biggest Ponzi schemes in American history when he was arrested for fraud in 2007. Now, is this real or scam? Before becoming a music manager, Pearlman actually got his professional start in the blimp business. Um, that sounds real to me. I feel like... It's too weird, and fl- and he's from Florida, so <laughs> those two things go well together. So I'm going to say that's true. You are correct. Yeah, this is real. Yeah. That is exactly, yeah, the kind of Florida shenanigans one might get up to. Uh, before he was a music manager, Lou Pearlman's earliest jobs were in the blimp business. In the 80s, Pearlman rented out ad space on his blimp to a designer jeans brand, uh, Jordache jeans, if you remember them. Yes, Jordache. Of course. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I know that people listening can't see this picture I'm looking at, but tell me that doesn't look like Brendan Fraser from The Whale. And, and shouldn't <gasps> he consider playing him oh my God. in a biopic? He does look like him. You have no idea how hard I have been trying to fan cast the Lou Pearlman biopic. <laughs> And Brendan Fraser is at the top of my list. Actually, really? <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. So Pearlman, he rented out his blimp to Jordache Jeans, uh, but he failed to mention he didn't actually own any blimps. So what he did is he mail ordered a fake blimp-like object. Oh my God. Uh, slapped on a logo, uh, hoped for the best, and predictably, this fake blimp crash-landed into a New Jersey garbage dump. Oh my God. The 170-foot helium-filled blimp found itself impaled in a tree. Less than a half mile from and minutes after, it took off at the Lakehurst Naval Air Station. However, Perlman eventually was able to use his moderate success in the blimp business to bankroll the creation of NSYNC, the Backstreet Boys, and a bunch of other music groups. Wow. Uh, in fact, the open casting call that led to the formation of the Backstreet Boys took place in Lou's blimp hangar which I think is a great scene for the Brendan Fraser biopic. What a I love weird, it. crazy... I was actually driving recently, and I saw a blimp in the sky, but it was so far away that I thought it was a UFO, and so I took a video of it and zoomed in so that I would have footage of the UFO, but it was, in fact, a blimp. Gotcha. <laughs> Dang. That would have been cool, though. I, was, I, I appreciate it. Keep your eyes open. You, know, you have you to. Know. These days. All right. Uh, Cammie, we are going to go back to you. In 2017, Anthony Gignac was arrested after defrauding investors of more than $8 million. Despite growing up in Michigan, Gignac posed for years as a wealthy Saudi prince, Khalid bin al-Saud, to try to attract investors to his fraudulent schemes. Now, is this real or scam? Gignac's con began to unravel because of some prosciutto. Now I'm stressed. Because what would prosciutto have to do with anything? Unless he was eating prosciutto when he was scamming and he got called out and somebody knew. I'm going to go with, because it's so outlandish, it has to be real. You are correct. This one is real. Ah. Uh, How might prosciutto 
mess up a con? Well, I will tell you. So um, Gignac ordered prosciutto in front of billionaire Jeffrey Sofer, a Miami real estate mogul. Um, are these characters you're familiar with, either of you? No. I, I know about Gignac, yeah. You know about Gignac. Okay. So do you know about this prosciutto story? I could be wrong, but it didn't have something to do with not eating pork. Well, that's what I was going to say. He's supposed to be a Saudi prince. Mm-hmm. Why would you be eating pork? These are the exact thoughts that were going through this, you know, real estate mogul's mind uh, as he was whining and dining Gignac. Mm. The two had met after the fake prince approached Sofer, offering to buy a massive stake in his hotel. Uh, but when he ordered prosciutto at dinner, this sort of set off alarm bells in Sofer's head. Uh, he enlisted a private security team to investigate the supposed prince. And turns out, Gignac had been impersonating a Saudi prince for decades and had already been arrested 11 times for, quote, prince-related schemes. How do you fuck um, that up? <laughs> prosciutto! That's it's the crazy. details. The, the devil's in the details. Um, in 2017, Gignac was arrested for a 12th time and ultimately sentenced to 18 years in prison. All right, Neve, you have our final question of the round. Mm-hmm. George C. Parker was one of New York City's most notorious con men. Between 1883 and 1928, Parker pretended to own the Brooklyn Bridge and would sell it to unsuspecting wealthy immigrants thousands of times over. Now, is this real or scam? Parker didn't just sell the Brooklyn Bridge. He also repeatedly sold the Statue of Liberty, Central Park, and Grant's tomb to his marks. That sounds a little, I mean, you know, offering to sell the Brooklyn Bridge is pretty outlandish, but something about the Statue of Liberty at Central Park seems like too, too much. So I'm going to say that is scam. You are correct. That Uh-oh. is scam. Yeah, um, it's that's not quite true, but only because Central Park was never on George Parker's list of landmarks. Uh, But he really did repeatedly sell the Statue of Liberty and Grant's tomb. He pretended to be a descendant of Ulysses S. Grant to pull off the ladder. So he was, you know, not quite so audacious, but he was pretty audacious. Like other hucksters of the day, Parker would target wealthy immigrants who didn't know the laws of the U.S. very well and were looking for economic opportunities. Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, I feel like... Before Google, anything was possible. And he was just taking advantage of that. He's an entrepreneur. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he tried his best, and I, I give him props for that. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that brings us to the end of our first round, which means it is time to check in on our scores. I've got our producer, Laura Newcomb, on the line, who's keeping track. Laura, how are our players doing? Yeah, how's, how's my win coming along? <laughs> it's coming along pretty well. And at the very least, the numbers don't lie. It is two to two right now. Wow. Okay, very well balanced. Yeah. We got to um, shake it up. You know, I've uh, I've just shared some pretty wild, true scam stories with you guys. And as you know, more than anyone else, people have this insatiable appetite for these kinds of stories on screen. In that spirit, we're going to move on to our second round. The sound round. The way this works is I will play a clip from a movie or TV show about a scammer, con artist, charlatan, what have you, (laughs) and you will have to tell me who is speaking. I'm looking for the character name, not the actor. 
Uh, so, you know, if I were to play you a clip from Lincoln, you would need to tell me Abraham Lincoln, not Daniel Day-Lewis. Oh, my God. Okay. Makes sense? Hopefully. All right. Let's do it. I'm ready. All right. Neve, you have got the first clip of this round. Let's take a listen. Paper's double bonded. Much too heavy to be a bank check. Magnetic ink, it's uh, raised against my fingers instead of flat. Do I have to wait for this the whole clip? like micker. It's some kind of a... I mean, you, you see, know, you could jump in. Drafting ink. You know, the kind you get at a stationary store. I knew it right away. That is Frank, Frank Abagnale. It's technically Frank Abagnale Jr., but I mean, oh, you pulled that on. out. You pulled that out. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. Oh my Sorry, God. I made you sweat there for a second. Uh, that was Frank Abagnale Jr. as played by none other than Leonardo DiCaprio in oh, Catch yeah. Me If You Can. Love that movie. Yeah, it's a great one. Um, <laughs> lots of big performances. Uh, this one came out in 2002 and was based on Abagnale's autobiography in which he claims to have successfully posed as a pilot, doctor, and prosecutor all before his 19th birthday. Um, in this particular clip, he's explaining to the FBI how he can tell a forged check from the real deal. Uh, in the movie, the FBI spring Abagnale from prison so he can work for them in their financial crimes unit. But interestingly enough, this is a bit of a scam on scam situation because uh, most of Abagnale's claims about his accomplishments as a fraudster have been debunked. Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> he just can't scammed. stop. He can't stop. Yeah. There is no evidence uh, to support Abagnale's claim that he worked for the FBI or really any of the claims he made uh, about his success as a con artist. But, you know, he still managed to get a movie about his life. I love it. <laughs> um, all right. I have got another clip for us. I'm so stressed. Cammy, this is for you. Let's take a listen. You have no clue what it's like for me. I'm a boss. I'm trying to build a foundation and I'm surrounded by a bunch of amateurs. Do you think I have time to waste with this? Your money is coming. I do not have time for this. I do not have time for you. This is Anna Delvey. Obviously. Obviously, yes, (laughs) yes. Classic queen. She's free, you know. We, We love her. We know her. We respect her. I feel like it's especially easy to root for Anna Delvey because her targets were like major banks and, yeah. you know, multimillionaires. And so it's like, yeah, Anna, yeah. you did what we were all thinking. Yep. Um, yes, this was indeed Anna Delvey, a.k.a. Anna Sorokin, everyone's favorite fake heiress. And that was from the 2022 Netflix series Inventing Anna starring Julia Garner. Um, The show follows Delvey's attempt to fake it till she makes it in New York City. She was uh, born in Russia, moved to New York in 2013. There she hoped to create a private members club slash art foundation, which she, of course, would call the Anna Delvey Foundation. All in all, she defrauded hotels, major financial institutions, and her supposed friends of about $275,000 crazy that's it i know it's not that much like in the end i guess i guess she almost got the 60 million right that was what was so crazy is that she was so close to getting Mm -hmm. all the money she needed to actually like open that club yeah yeah i have got another clip uh this one is for you neve let us take a listen okay we are looking to make strategic relationships to move that along but i kind of agree with mark zuckerberg when he said 
move fast and break things. Okay. Um, I don't. I don't know. I don't know this movie. And and if I knew the movie, I certainly didn't. I don't think I know the character's name. Um. So I think I'm just gonna have to pass. All right. I think I know the like synopsis, but I don't know. Well, I can't give you points, but do you? I'm very curious to hear what you think it is, Cammy. I feel like it's the woman who was like a, a scientist or like pretended and she had the ponytail and she had the turtleneck. <laughs> yep. It is the lady. What's her name? With the Elizabeth? Turtleneck, <laughs> AKA Elizabeth Holmes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, lady with turtle white. Oh, that was from the the blood pill thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. White yep, lady that. with turtleneck. <laughs> white lady with turtleneck <laughs> and the red lipstick. Yes, uh, Elizabeth Holmes, who founded Theranos, uh, and in the clip we just heard, she was played by Amanda Seyfried in the uh, Hulu series The Dropout from 2022. Mm. Um, Holmes herself dropped out of Stanford University in 2003 to found Theranos, which was a medical device company uh, that ended up being worth $10 billion just 10 years later. Theranos claimed to have invented a breakthrough technology that could perform hundreds of tests on just a single drop of blood. Uh, But unfortunately, those claims were proven to be false, and Holmes was sentenced to just over 11 years in prison in November of 2022. This is an inspiring step forward. An inspiring step forward. All right, I have got one last clip in the round. Uh, let's take a listen. I'm going to set you guys up. Yeah. It's, it's all going to be okay. There's a, still a few hundred million left. I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that you guys are all taken care of. The rest of the family, some loyal employees. It's all going to be good. I just need a week. I know what it's from, and I'm trying to, I think I know what it's from. I'm almost 100% certain, but I can't remember his name. Give me give me some of the details that are in your brain here. It's from Casino, right? No, it is not. I, think, <laughs> I feel like, well, I think it sounds like De Niro, but I'm not sure it. It, yeah, I, I could it could be someone else, but it did. I was getting De Niro also. It is De Niro, but it's not Casino De Niro. Oh my god, it's All too right. late now. I will let you know what it, that was. That was uh, Robert De Niro in the 2017 movie Wizard of Lies, where he oh. portrays Bernie oh, Madoff. Um, oh, yes. of course. I forgot about yeah. that. I never saw that. Um, in 2008, Madoff was arrested for defrauding his investors, which included foundations, celebrities, and prominent hedge funds out of $65 billion. Oh That's a real number. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. Uh, but in better news, this concludes the uh, second round of trivia, y'all. So it is time to check in on our scores How have our players been doing, Laura? Continued success, but we're still tied. I have three to three right now. That's insane. Ooh, it's a tight game. Um, Well, we are going to take a quick break. But when we return, boy, do I have an exciting investment opportunity for you when we're back.
Welcome back, my bamboozlers. I am here with the co-hosts of MTV's Catfish, Neve Shulman and Cammie Crawford. We're talking all things scams today. They are currently tied with three points each, which is very exciting <laughs> because we are heading into our final round. The lightning round. The way this works is I will ask you both a series of short answer trivia questions all related to scams. You'll have 60 seconds to answer as many of them as you can. If you don't know the answer, you can pass and I'll go to the next question. Oh, God. Make sense? Yeah. Yes. And listen, it's a tie. So eeny, meeny, miny, mo, Cammy, you'll go first. Oh, God. <laughs> Lucky oh, God. You. Okay. How are you feeling? You, you think stressed. you can beat Neve? I, I know I can beat him. It's okay. just a matter of time and whatever these questions are going to be. All right. Well, let us put 60 seconds on the clock. Your time starts now. Which viral scammer said, I'm a messy bitch who lives for drama? Joanne the Scammer. Correct. What product was sold by Pyramid Scheme LuLaRoe participants? Oh, my God. There's so many pyramid schemes. How am I supposed to know which one? Oh, God. You can pass. Shampoo. I don't know. Pass. Leggings. What is the term for attempting to fraudulently get sensitive info over email? Trying to get sensitive email over. No, it's not catfishing. It's fing. Fishing. Fishing. It's correct. PH, PH, fishing. Correct. Who is the Ponzi scheme named after? Somebody Ponzi, I don't know. Ponzi's Ponzi. Charles Ponzi. <laughs> Which Houston-based energy company collapsed in 2001 due to fraud? Pass. Enron. What was Theranos' blood testing machine called? What? Oh my God, pass. The Edison. Which, oh, and that is time. What the hell? Ooh, tough. All right. Those are tough Those questions. That uh, was pretty good, though. You got, I believe you got two. You got two. two out of that lightning round, uh, which means that, Neve, you've got your uh, challenge set up for you. You have got to answer three in order to beat Cammy. Oh, do you think my God. you can do that? I don't know. These questions are tough, but I'll, I'll certainly do my best. All right. Well, let us put 60 seconds on the clock. Your time starts now. Which former New York House representative spent campaign funds at Sephora? Um, uh, George Scoros, or whatever his name is. George Santos. Santos, yeah. Who played con man Tom Ripley in 1999's The Talented Mr. Ripley? Um, uh, not Ben Affleck, the other guy. Um, no, wait, uh, Matt Damon? Correct. Yes. Dr. Dunch, who maimed dozens of patients, was the subject of what podcast? Dr. Dunce? I don't know. Pass. Dr. Death. What type of financial fraud relies on recruiting new members? Pyramid scheme. Correct. Who is the real-life Wolf of Wall Street? Uh, I can't remember his name. Pass. Jordan Belfort. What is the term for leaving a restaurant without paying? Dine and Dash. Correct. What controversial influencer titled her 2023 memoir, Scammer? Oh, oh and that is question. time. <laughs> it was Caroline Ooh. Halloway. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, man. Tomato, tomato, tomato. <laughs> man, even I'm sweating right now. 
Okay, well, this is where I turn to Laura because I feel like we do have a winner today. Would you like to tell us what the final score was? Yes, Cami, you scored five points total. Neve, you ended up with six. Oh, there it is! Congratulations, Neve, you are our winner today. Boo! You you seem pretty, pretty elated. Uh, I think he scammed. He scammed his way through this, and that's how he (laughs) achieved the win. And you know what? Scammers never win in the end. And I think that's the lesson we can all take home today. They never win in the end, but they do win trivia, I guess. Not to call your scammer name. That's, that's, <laughs> I don't want to imply that. Before I let you guys go today, you know, we kind of touched on this earlier, but um, something that is so wild to me is despite how much we love to hate scammers, we kind of also just love them. We elevate them to celebrity status. We're fascinated by their stories. I don't know. Why are we so drawn to these people? I think there is a temptation that many of us have at any given moment, whether it's, you know, standing online at the grocery store and you think I could just put a candy bar in my pocket, no one would notice, or, you know, finding a wallet on the street. Should you keep it? Should you return? I mean, you know, we're constantly faced with temptation. And I, I hope most people choose sort of the right path, but it's tempting. And I, and I think the, the, the appeal of scammers is that they allow themselves to take advantage of any opportunity or weakness that they come across. And I think we're all a little jealous of that. Mm. I think there's something to that. So there's a little bit of scammer in all of us. Essentially. Oh, for sure. Definitely in me. (laughs) Oh my God. I think I think there's some truth to that for sure. I think we make them famous because we like Eve was saying like we we don't have it in most of us to make those things happen and so we're so fascinated by how people are able to achieve those things but in the end like is it really worth it? I mean, I'm not trying to have an ankle monitor on for the next 5 years of my life. Like I I would like to actually try to achieve something. Like who knows what Anna right. Delvey could have been if she would have dedicated her time to actually, you know, trying to help people instead of trying to promote herself. And now mm-hmm. it's something to think about. Well, that 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 brings up, I think, an even uh, better version of my answer, which was everyone wants to take a shortcut, right? If if there's a, a, a get rich quick way to make millions versus the hard work and dedication and struggle and setbacks that most people go through. I think we'd all wish we could take it. Mm -hmm. Sure. It also just seems like a stressful lifestyle to live. Like maybe we all, we all kind of are like, oh, in a fantasy world. But Mm -mm. yeah, I mean, I'm not built to be on the run. I'm not. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And that's just one of maybe, you know, many reasons why it's not the lifestyle. But, um, but hey, you know what? I'm part of the problem. I'll probably watch the George Santos Z-Way interview oh my God, as yes. soon as we end this taping. Yes. So we're all in it. That's right. Well, thank you both so much for joining me today. It was really so fun. Thank you. <laughs> Past Perfect is produced by ZSP Media, created by Zach Stewart-Pontier and me, Simone Polanin. 
This episode was written and produced by Laura Newcomb. The supervising producer is Liz Stiles and featuring Liz Stiles as the time machine. Fact-checking by Ian Michael, sound design and mixing by Emma Munger, original music and theme by Jay Bless, with show art by Sarah Gonzalez. The executive producer is Zach Stewart-Pontier. The head of production and development is Liz Stiles. Special thanks to Erica Morrison and Emily Wiedemann. You can follow me on Instagram at Simone Polanin or follow the show at Past Perfect Podcast. Thanks for hanging. See you in the new year. Kimmy, from now on, I want you to refer to me as winner. I will never do that. I would sooner die than admit. Let's just trash this footage. Let's just put it. You don't, you don't have to release this episode. <laughs>